Welcome to the Zoe household. Our desire is to bring you to the consciousness of the God life that has been made available to everyone who believes the Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen to this powerful message by Pastor Ola Kiyosi, the resident pastor of the Zoe household Lagos. God bless you. So it means fraternal affection, oh yeah? <laughs> and also brotherly love. Okay. <laughs> All right. Or brotherly love or brotherly kindness. <clears throat> All right. So here's the part where the sisters will be like, well, it doesn't concern me. You know, it's just brothers. I'm here to tell you that male and female created him, them. So, let me change. All right. Awesome. Oh, the reverb was removed or something. Um, kind of small, but not so well. <clears throat> all right. So um, you're involved, all right. He's talking about you as well, all right. Whether you're male, whether you're female, you have to be loved and you have to demonstrate brotherly love. So you are a brother in Christ. Ladies in Christ, are you here? You are brothers in... I can't hear myself very well here. <clears throat> All right, so you are our brothers in Christ. Feminists in the house, can you say yay? Yay. If any guy opens the door for you, you're in trouble. You still receive gentleman treatment. Uh, Gentleman treatment, when was that? That was last month. I swear it. I'll not cast you, but let's leave it. All right, so so who are our brethren? Who are those who are to show love to? All right, Mark chapter 3, verses 31, quickly. Mark 3, 31. There came, is he on the screen? He says, There came then his brethren and his mother, standing without, sent unto him calling. 32 then says, we're going to read to 35. He says, And the multitude sat about him, and they said unto him, Behold, your mother and your brethren without seek for thee. 33 says, And he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brethren? What a rude question. Who? Try it today. Anyways, let's go on. It says, and he looked around about them, and he looked round about on them, which sat, sat about him, and he said, behold, my mother and my brethren. So he looked and said, oh, behold, my mother and my brethren. And he says, for whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother all right so he's saying that if there's anybody that would do the will of god that person is my brother and my sister you know luke's 8 verse 21 also said you know similar story but he answered he said and he answered and said unto them my mother and my brethren are those which hear the word of god and do it so the will of god earlier is those who hear the word of god and what so what jesus christ was trying to say was that listen those who practice the word of god are just as you know, brothers and sisters to you as those of your family that you share the same blood with. So we could say, you know, we are joined by the blood, but when it has to do with the Christian faith, we are joined by the Spirit, we are joined by the Word of God, 
and doctrine, we are joined by division. We have common goals to do the will of him that has what? Sent us. So that alone makes us what we call a family. So in the agenda, the grand scheme of God is that a believer in Christ should be just as much as a sister to you as your blood sister. That means the way you have affection for your family, you can have affection for a believer in Christ. That's the grand scheme of God. That's his agenda. That, that's what he wants. Hallelujah. All right, and it's important to note. All right, now, you'll be like, Pastor, why did you choose brotherly love? The thing is, whenever you hear the theme of the month, this is what should come to your heart. The theme of the month is not so that I can prove that I can teach the word of God. The theme of the month shows two things. It either shows the spiritual state of the church or whatever needs to be taught and corrected in the church. Do you get what I'm saying? So it means it's a now message of the Lord. So Pastor doesn't just come up with the theme of the month. Oh, ah, this sounds nice. Brotherly love. It comes by divine inspiration. That's why last month, when the Lord inspired the theme of the month, was act of giving. I said, oh, Lord God, the one thing I don't like teaching about, money. And I comforted my fear. I'm no more shy to talk about money. I'll talk about money. <laughs> you guys know noticed something last week. I won't cast. The only shy, I cast myself to show. Remember one thing I told you after service? I applied wisdom. But anyways, move on. I won't tell you. Sorry. I'm not, I'm, I'm bold though, but let me keep that wisdom. Why do you laugh like that? That's a wicked laughter. Alright, so it basically shows the state of the church or what the church needs to hear. Alright, so it means just the same way Paul will write a letter to a church, he's writing a letter to either correct them, to indoctrinate them, or describing the spiritual state of the church. When he wrote the letter to the church in the Colossian church. For instance, the Colossian church were a church that were sounding, they, they, they had the doctrine of Christ, they were believers that, are, that were saved already, alright? But the Jews, they were Gentiles, you know, the Jews were there to what? To contradict the doctrine of Christ that they were not yet complete or they were not yet fully saved until they were circumcised, they had water baptism and the likes. You know, that's trying to introduce them to what they call the customs, the Jewish traditions. Alright, so Paul was writing to tell them that, hey, stop it. For you are complete in Christ. Therefore, you need no other what? Circumcision. You are buried with him, um, in, in baptism. Where not so has he risen you by, by faith, by the faith of the oppression of what? Of God. So that's what I was trying to tell them. So when you read books like, um, let's see, the Corinthian book. When Paul was writing to the Corinthians, they had many problems. One, they had issues with the spiritual gifts. Alright? So even from the very first beginning, he was telling them you know, that I reached by him in all and in all in all knowledge. Then he says, um, waiting for the coming of Christ, that um the, the verse seven, you know, just talking about, you know, that they that that um that they do not come behind in any gifting, waiting for what? The coming of who? Of Christ. That's verse seven. All right. And then along the line, you, you know, you see me verse Corinthians verse 14, talking about what? The gifting. Not only that, in the same Corinthians, he also spoke about what? It was telling them that, hey, you've been good, but you need to be morally upright. How can you condone a person that is not morally upright? Who was the person? The guy that was sleeping with what? With his father's wife. All right, so 
letters were to convey correction, indoctrination, and it exposes the state of the church. How? How, did, how, 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 how were the, the, the seven churches addressed in the book of Revelations? The same way. Each of the seven churches, the letters were to them, conveying what? The state which they were. For I think the first church, I think that was Ephesus, they, they were, I think he commended them, but he said at the end of the day, but they, they have drawn away from their what? Their first love. So, letters are basically to what? To correct, to indoctrinate, and it shows the state of the church. So, you could charge this theme of the month, you know, as a letter to the Zoe household. Glory to God. So, am I saying you guys don't love? No, I didn't say that. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 9. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 9. And verse 10. Look at what it says. It says here, are you there? It says, but as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write to you. That means I don't need to write to you anymore. Why? So for you yourself are taught of God to love one another, right? So it means there's nothing to write. They have practiced it and you have actually been doing it. And it's also in the word of God. Then it says in verse 10, it says, and indeed you do it towards the brethren which are all in Macedonia. So it means you are practicing it already. But it's not us to practice it. Look at what he said next. He said, but we beseech you, brethren, that you increase what? So that's the state of the church. Yes, you've practiced brotherly love, but it's time you what? You increase, yet what? More and more. So it means, is it possible to increase in your love work with God? Oh, yes. If it is, then it's also possible to increase in your love work with your brethren as well. Very, very possible. And very important that you do. So I, I feel, you know, a church should not just pride themselves in the fact that their members are being indoctrinated. You know, for instance, you may say, oh, Zerians, they know the word. They, they like hearing the word of God. They, they are known for the word. But even beyond that, they should be known as people that, are, that they, they can demonstrate the love of God just as well. As you're speaking the realm of love. Do you get what I'm saying? As you're trying to show them that I know and I know this in the Bible, practice what they call what? Love. It's important. You don't just boast about your spiritual growth. Now, this is the thing. Loving is also spiritual growth. Do you get what I'm saying? Not just the number of scriptures you have, you know, by heart. That's not enough to quantify your spiritual growth. Is Are you growing in love? Are you growing in love? Hallelujah. And why must we love? John 15. Verses 12. John 15 verses 12. Look at what Jesus said. Are you there? He says, this is my commandment. That you love what? As I have. Jesus said, this is my command. This is my what? That you what? Just as I has loved you. Listen, this should shake your understanding of what they call Philadelphia. You know, people just see Philadelphia as brotherly love. You know, just show kindness to your brother. But Jesus changed the narrative. He says, it's beyond brotherly love. He said, love them just as I as love. How did Jesus, how did Jesus love us? We call it the agape kind of love, right? So it means brotherly love is also what they call agape love. 
He didn't say like. He said as. I have loved you. If I demonstrated agape love to you, you must also do agape love to the brother. Do you get what I'm saying? Not just any kind of love. The fact that you, you're kind to a person is not enough. You must go all out with your love towards your brother. That's what Jesus said. And also says, I command you, love each other in the same way that I love you. In the same way. It must not be different. So, until you love as Christ loves, you've not gotten there yet. I know you're trying. You're, you, you've been generous. You've been loving. You've been caring. But listen, that's the goal there. Until you get there, you can't take a break. Many people are like that. That's self-righteous. Like, well, I don't need to work on this anymore. At least I'm doing fair enough in that. You cannot stay where you are. You get better. At a point as a child, it is okay to be led to the toilet. But a, 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 a time will come whereby they won't lead you to the toilet anymore. You say, Mom, I want to use the toilet. They'll tell you, go. The only another time that you will tell mom you want to go to the toilet, they will get angry at you. Why are you telling me? Do you know what I'm saying? There should be growth. So also we are walking God. There should be growth. So when Hebrews 13 verse 1 tells you, let brotherly love continues. That's Hebrews 10, 13 verse 1. When he tells you, let brotherly love continue. He said, let the kind of love that Christ demonstrated on the cross, let it continue. Let it not perish. Let it not come to an end. Let it be found in the church. That's what I want in the church. Just in case you didn't know it. Bible tells us, it says, no greater love than this. Than for a man to lay down his life for his friend. What that scripture clearly tells us is this. To love is to die. The standard of love is death. I, I, I know what you've been used to, what the movies have told you is this. Now, how do you know a guy loves you? Movie nights. Death nights. When the guy starts telling you, roses are red, violence are... That is love. That's no love. I'm, I'm, listen. <laughs> is that what you're doing for... That's what you're doing, Abby. <laughs> Amen. So, the mentality of <laughs> roses are red and violets are blue is no love. Date nights. Wait, calm down now. Uh, date night is no love. Hey, if you stop it in your relationship, well, I'll allow. <laughs> All right? Now, I'm talking from, a, <laughs> talking from a doctrinal point of view. I don't understand what you must have. <laughs> Can you stop? <laughs> Can you go and laugh outside? Are you come back when you're normal? <laughs> Listen, beyond the jokes, get the points. This is why when people are deceived. The mentality of love is when the guy is carrying you out on date nights. And giving you all the, the lines, the romantic lines. And that is actually never going to be the standard of love. That is a worldly perspective of how to demonstrate love. 
the godly perspective of demonstrated love is when I can actually get to the point where I'm ready to die for you. That's the God kind of love. That's why, listen, that's why your parents can be ash. He can be firm and strict to you. And that boy is giving you all the roses and sending you all the letters, confessing his love to you. But when the day of trouble comes, you find out that it's the parent that will eventually go through the greater length for you. And not that person. So if I'm not seeing that that person doesn't love me, there's a kind of love. It's the God kind of love. Do you, are you with me? And sadly, people fall for it a lot. I literally know people that just because of a person they love, they walk out of the faith. You can't. Jesus died for you on the cross. No man died than that person. Nobody should have your loyalty more than Jesus. Be loyal to, you can be loyal. I'm not saying no be loyal, be loyal. What I'm saying here is listen. As your lawyer in relationship, somebody should have a greater loyalty. Think what I'm saying. A greater say, what should that be? That's Jesus. So Hebrews 13, verse 1. It says, Let brotherly love let brotherly love continue. So I would advise you, illuminate your mind, emancipate your mind. Make sure there's a new information of your understanding of love. Alright? says, let brotherly love continue. Verse 2 says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers. For thereby some have entertained what? Angels. Unawares. Remember them that are what? In bonds. As bounds with them. And then which suffer adversity. As being yourself also in the body. Listen. It was describing to them how they should love in a way. Let brotherly love, let brotherly love continue, right? Then what did he say next? He says, be kind to what? So a way to exhibit brotherly love is being kind to strangers as well. Are you with me? And even beyond that, what did he say in the next verse? Can someone read NLT for us? That verse, NLT. Remember those in? Yeah? As if you were there yourself. Yes. As if you felt their pain in your body. So he's saying, have compassion. Compassion. Not the fake kind of compassion. Genuine compassion. Remember those in prison as though it were you. Always. Romans 12 verse 10. Romans 12 verse 10. It says, Be kindly affection one to another. Be kindly affection, affectioned one to another with what? With brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. And it says, Love each other with genuine affections and take delight in honoring each other. It said, Let there be what? Genuine affections. So I need to say this. It's not just enough to have the act of love. It has to be genuine. So, when it has to do with love, you must always learn to look beyond the actions. The motive is just as important as the actions. Look at 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, we read from verse 1. It describes people that have the act of the love, 
But if the motive is not love, it's not love then. Look at what it says. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1. It says, Though I speak with what? Tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. And become what? So the charity there is what? Is love. Alright, he said, I become as a what? Or a singling word, symbol. Verse 2 says, And though I have the gift of prophecy, I understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge. Though I have all faith, so that I can move mountains and have not love, I am what? Verse 3 then says, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Now, feeding the poor is, it doesn't, doesn't look like a loving, loving action. He said, Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, Jesus. He said, and I have not what? Charity. It profited me what? So beyond the action, there must be the motives. You must genuinely learn to love people around you. You must. And the truth is, you know, maybe like, uh, Why? It's just as important. When, when you're working with God, you must learn to understand this. Men look at what? The outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. You're not a people pleaser. You're a what? You're a God pleaser. So when you're demonstrating love to a person, you're not demonstrating because they deserve your love. We're demonstrating the love towards that person because what? God commands and compels you to. That's why, listen, you find out that you can love someone, you can't love some other people. It's what they call eye service. Or when you love a person based on what you can get from them. Oh, this person looks cool in church. Ah, this, this has to be my friend. What happens to that other person that you left behind? Because they didn't wear nice clothes. What happens to that person? Because the person doesn't look flashy. Doesn't look like things are going for him. So you make no attempt to be close to them. Check out what I'm saying. It means the same way I love A, I must love everybody. Check out what I'm saying. I, I am not permitted by the word of God to love a person more than the other. In the church. So there's, there should be no partiality. Oh, you know, this is my clique. These are people that I can, I'm ready to die for. My goons. That's cults. <laughs> Yes, old bonds, but always be ready to extend that bond to people around you. How do you say that some people, their, their circle always remains closed? I feel that's occultic. No, if anybody tries to get close to you guys, you will never allow them. Why? Why? I'm speaking the truth, Abby. Why? That's not, listen. That's not the God kind of love. Everybody must genuinely love each other. So like I said, you're doing well, but you can do better. That which you have practiced in your small circle, extend it further to the brethren in Christ. So always be ready to open up. Always be ready. To show kindness, to show love, to show genuine affection. 
sometimes you know it's you can miss that means the person you're trying to open up to can chop your eye and that's the truth you must be ready always there's never going to be any relationship without hurt if your close friends hurt you why are you expecting a stranger not to hurt you so i always say this a believer must always you must be ready at any time to be crucified on the cross must be at any time be ready to be what to be backstabbed it happens to dates and listen this is the kind of mind you must have the mind that jesus had jesus always knew there will be a judas jesus knew the judas jesus still hates with the judas jesus still embraced the judas he still fed the judas that will one day do what you must that mind seems insane but it's the christ kind of mind that's the christ kind of love i know this person is using me huh? check what i'm saying i said something why, why did i even say that thing i said if at least be happy that they are you know okay it was your question and answer something now i said if they are using you just so you are useful some people can never be used Listen, the natural instinct of a man is to use. Because naturally, a man puts themselves first. And if a man puts themselves first, every other person is what? Secondary. If you're not, if you're not making their life better, they see you as a what? As an enemy. That's the natural state of a man. That's what you must remove as believers. It's not just about what you can get. Did Christ die for this person? If the answer is yes, then you should extend your love and fellowship. You must be ready. I'm here to tell you, as your pastor, they have chopped my eye. But guess what? That will not hinder me from loving another person. I will still go all out for the next person the Lord leads to me. Think of what I'm saying. So I'm just going to show you guys a few things. I'm going to show you I'm going to show you a few things that you should be more intentional about in your love. All right? I want to say something but there's still time. I'll skip it for now. When you when when you want to love, you have this mentality, love is sacrificial. Love is what? Sacrificial. First John three verses sixteen. First John three sixteen. It says, "Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for what? For us. We also ought to lay down our lives for the. So why are you laying your life down for the brethren? From the scripture, He's saying that." If you could in any way have received the life of God, was ready to give your life. So you know, you know that thing they used to do for you. Not no, none of these, but we see it over. Sorry, where people do blood money, and you know, at the very beginning, the van just tell them, "Don't worry, you are low, and they will sign, they will do everything." But after they have said yes and they've done the sacrifice, man, man then starts to tell them, um, "So now that you have done this, every this you must do this." It must what? 
don't laugh on Thursday. <laughs> you know, they tell them, don't laugh on Thursday. <laughs> they tell them, don't laugh on Thursday, you know. Don't, um, don't eat chicken again. Don't, uh, not to die with that. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? So, that, in that kind of way too, because you have accepted the sacrifice of Christ, <laughs> you're a living sacrifice too. <laughs> but this one is to the glory of God. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? It's a good kind of, <laughs> it's a good kind of sacrifice. That means, listen, whatever that God requires of you kills you. Whatever this God requires of you gives you life. It says for every light affliction is an exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So God is not requiring you to love because you know it's going to hurt you. It's going to profit you. It profits you to love. Do you get what I'm saying? So love is sacrificial. You have entered it. There's no going back. As long as you can keep saying, I have the Holy Ghost. You must be ready to be sacrificial with your love. So have the understanding. Love is not roses are red. Love is sacrificial. Love is kind. Love is kind. Love is kind. Before we read, okay, yeah. First Corinthians 13 verse 4. And I'm just going to read it down. Alright. Are you there? It says, love suffereth long. Yes. Why would love suffer? It doesn't even make sense. But that's the God kind of love. Love will stay. Love will stay where things are hard. And not the other way around. Do you get what I'm saying? So, love is not just when it's blossoming. I celebrate my brother there. I can tell. Alright. So, remember what I said? Love suffered long. And it is what? It's kind. It's kind. He said, charity envieth not. Means love envies not. See, after me say love does not envy. Said so, love vaunted not itself and is not puffed off. Verse 5 says, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, and is not easily provoked. And thinketh no evil. That, that's a hard one to swallow. He said, love is not what? Easily. Easy. Why did he emphasize easily? Like, he said in a way like, Oh my, you can't tell me not to get angry. <laughs> if they test my patience after a while, I'll lose it. You know. But the truth is, he said, it's not easily what. And the scripture that Jesus Christ had what he called a godly anger. You know, when he, when he vexed for them in the temple. <laughs> so they say, that's the excuse for, you know, when that guy bashed my car, I'll bring out Koboku. <laughs> This event Lagos, <laughs> and you have a car, <laughs> try to have kubuku. 
Not to beat anybody, but for sure. Yeah, you know, they say the Bible says it has to be um, as wise as a serpent. So copy their wisdom, but unless as don't know how to use it though. Your pastor did not tell you to know how to use it. He said, just have it, just have it for sure. Toba, if we try Zazu. <laughs> what's that? Why did you react? What's what's that? It's tongues, exactly. I don't know what you guys are laughing at. What was that? I, don't, I just prayed in tongues. Like, <laughs> renew your mind. <laughs> All right, Colossians 3, verse 12. You have anything to say? Please give her a mic. She, she has. <laughs> All right, it says, Charity suffered. I'm oh, sorry. What was wrong with? Is there any charity in the house? <laughs> He said, put on therefore as an elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. So he says, put on therefore. So this is what you have to put on. He said, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of, put on mercy, put on kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. All right? So love is kind. So you can say love is humble as well. Alright? Also, love is forgiving. Amen. Love is what? Love is forgiving. Colossians 3, verses 13. That's the next verse. It says here, are you there? It says, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, also do what? It says for beer. It means you listen, humans are difficult to live with. Haven't you noticed that you are your best friend, you still fight? Why do why do why do couples still fight too? Why? Why do couples even fight too? Like they argue. Why did they not fight like fight old? I mean like argue, you know. A couple of things. So where's my wallet? Where's my wallet? Anyone my wallet? Bring out the bring out the hundred dollar note. The hundred dollar note. Let's let's just give it to her. <laughs> there are a couple of things. Nice one. See me after service. I'll pray for you. All right. So yeah, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. He said, if any man have a what a quarrel against any, he said, even as Christ forgive you also. So he said, the reason why I'm going to forgive a person is because Christ has what. So if you don't forgive, you're jettisoning the works of Christ in you. He said, just as Christ has forgiven you, you must also forgive. So you don't forgive because a person is deserving of your forgiveness. Even yourself, were you deserving of your forgiveness? So you can't receive love and not give you back. All right? 14 says that above all things, put on love, so which is the bond of perfectness. Ephesians 4 verse 32. It says here, Ephesians 4 verse 32. It says, And be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ for Christ's sake. You know, I can sense the anger there. For Christ's sake. God damn it. You know, like, for Christ's sake. He said, for Christ's sake, at what? Forgiving you. And listen, if you study through the Bible, there are many 
There are many things. For instance, God worked with the children of Israelites for his name's sake, even when his anger was, you know, was being revved up. There was something about for his name's sake. Now, just that same way as well, God has forgiven you all of your sins, not for your sake, but for Christ's sake. So, because of the goodness of Christ, God looked to you. So, if God is going to look at you to forgive, it's not because you're going to be deserving of it. So, every time there's a wrongdoing, it's not you he's looking at. Who is he looking at? Act to real. You know, like, if not for you. Do you have that? Do you get that picture? It's not for you. You know? You know, maybe I hear it a lot in, when people want to fight. Huh? I would have beaten him for. You get what I'm saying? Go and try beating up the son of a soldier. You know that you explain tire. <laughs> All right. It says here. So also, love gives. Amen. Let me not dwell much on that. Go time. Love gives. He says, can you play the keyboard? He said, but whoso had this, did I say the scripture? Sorry. 1 John 3, 17 and 18. Don't you just prompted this to my heart. If there's anybody you're struggling to let go, please let them go. All right? Unforgiveness is more of an hindrance to you than to the person. Unforgiveness builds up bitterness in your heart. It's unhealthy. Very, very unhealthy. For your mental health, let the person go. For Christ's sake, let the person go. Alright? It's going to do you more good. Let the person go. If you're... One thing, one thing I've learned about people that maybe hurt you and you're struggling to let them go, is take it to God in prayer. When you take it to God in prayer, God will now lead you to pray for them. <laughs> it's hard, but you should. You should. Alright, so if you're struggling to let anybody go, the person should not have done it. But for Christ's sake, let them go. Alright? He said, But whoso, but whoso had this world, world's good, and see it his brother have need. And shut up, and shut it up his bowels of compassion from him. He says, How dwelleth the love of God in him? Do you get what I'm saying there? He's saying that whoso had this world's good, that means has the wealth of this world, and seeth his brother have need. He said, And shuts up his bowels of compassion for him. He says, How dwells the love of God in him? So he's saying, I can question the love of God in you when you can't give when you can to a brother in need. And I emphasize this a bit in the month of active giving. When I was teaching on generosity, you can't be in a position to help and see somebody in need and not try to help. Some of you have gotten so used to it that there's no more compassion that flows. Someone says, Ah, I need. And I know Lagos has taught you to be that way because just those beggars on the street, you find out that you give somebody money, you see the same person in a restaurant <laughs> buying what you, what you are not buying. I, 
attended Unilag. I saw a lot of it. They will come to the class, they will preach someone, they will show picture. Then you start to go and eat. You find them buying the, the turkeys. And you're wondering, here's two pieces of meat on my on my table. One who will get meat. One who will get meat. God did for me. Listen, listen. I, I know I know that a lot of people are even going to even people actually do a lot of scams around it. Even till dates. Many of those online stores, some of them are scam. Just so you know. But the truth is, now we know. So that means whenever we see it, we just next. And in doing so, we now even miss out on the genuine ones. Those that are genuinely in need. So here's what I've learned. If I see any and I'm compelled to, because of the compassion of my heart, I just try to make a donation at least. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's not something that costs me. It's not cost you to send one k to the person. Now that really cost you to send 500 naira to the person. Do you get what I'm saying? For make sure there's what? There's generosity. Something flows from you towards the person. So now it's talking about your brothers. So you, you know your brother is going through something, needs help. And what you're more concerned about is what you are trying to do. The truth is, money is never going to be enough. Have you heard that story? The rich man asked for 5 million. He's probably trying to pay a loan of 500 million. So you ask for 5 million, you're like, ah, he's small now. Why can't he give me that small thing? But you don't know what, the, you don't know what the person is going through as well. And just the same way I could reverse the psychology and say, in spite of whatsoever you are going through, you can always be helpful in a, in a measure. So I'm not saying go and give them 5 million, but at least let something flow. See, I don't have much everywhere, but take this 50k. Do you get what I'm saying? Let something. You don't have five naira. If you have five naira, don't give it. Five naira cannot do anything in this country again. He said? Does not exist. It still exists though. I actually spent it sometime when I was at home. In Abeokuta, I spent it. I I I, I packed like 50 naira, five five naira, like up to f- I gave them say take. <laughs> no, the person was not offended. The person needed change. So I gave them change. <laughs> so even though it gets hard, try to be helpful. Try to give. God has put you in a position to help. Make sure you help. If you truly understand that all wealth is from the Lord, you must be always ready to dispense it. Anxiety is the reason why you withhold your resources. Anxiety about the fact that, hey, if I give this one, what would the next come? Or if I give now, it reduces what I'm trying to meet up to. You must always trust that the Lord is your provider and is your source. Therefore, never reduce or limit gener- generosity whenever you can. Be generous. All right? I'll stop here. A love doesn't condemn. I will pick it up from next week. Love doesn't condemn. Oh, next week is speedy. A pastor is coming next week. I'm excited. Flight has been booked. I think he did economy. Zoe also made it first class. I'm just joking. You know, just <laughs> I'm prophesying. Secretary. Yeah. Uh, Sponsored by the Spirit. Awesome. First Peter chapter 4 verses 8. 
So love doesn't condemn. He says, and above all things, have fervent charity amongst yourself. It says, for charity, which is love, shall cover the multitude of what? So when you see a person that is in a fault, you don't condemn the person. You don't get all judgmental with the person. That's not the mind of Christ. Christ didn't, he didn't do that when he was on earth. It was with who? He stayed with the sinners. But listen, if you know that the sinners we corrupt and change you, don't stay with them. Wisdom, wisdom is when you know somebody is struggling with something. You're trying to help them, but you know you say you have a tendency of struggling with that same thing. Wisdom, stay away. But when you know you can, help. Alright, Galatians 6, 1 says, whenever I say person in thoughts, this is the response. Galatians 6, verses 1 and 2. Galatians 6, verses 1 and 2. It says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such one in what? Spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be what? Mishoreo. However, so it's two ways. If I say person in fault, with meekness, I try to correct them in love. Not that, how could they do that kind of thing? You know, you know, you don't condemn. You with compassion, with meekness, you show them the light, the truth. With the hope that they receive the word of God, the engrafted word of God. You can't change a person. It's the word of God that does change a person. So I admonish you, pray for the person and prayerfully go and tell them the word of God. With meekness. And if it's a fault that can consume you, japa. But make sure you don't do something. Make sure you don't go about speaking about that person. Because even Christians do that thing. Inside just, ah, that guy, that guy, that guy there. Hey, that girl. Why are you always talking about somebody's faults? Why? Are you faultless? No, you're not. He that is without sin, cast the first stone. You without faults, blame or talk about the fault. Faulty person. If not, you have fault. There's a way, you know, you, are, you, you yourself get your, you will keep quiet. I say, ah, God, I thank you for where you have brought me from. And I thank you for keeping and preserving me. If God has saved you from something, and you see somebody going through that same thing, you don't go all judgmental. You pray. Because the truth still remains, you don't know what the person has seen. You know what the person has been through? You guys are not brought up and raised in the same place. And, and even after everything, if you're born, brought up and raised in the same place, it's still God that kept you. So you realize that some people, even with the strong hands of their parents, they were still sports. Some their parents were relaxed and God kept them. Haven't you noticed? It's still God that keeps a man. So apply wisdom. Do not condemn. Or what? I know I said I would stop there, but because Peter is coming, let me just say this one more. Acts 2, verse 42. You can come and move this place. So we'll go. Acts 2, 42. Alright, it says here, and they continued steadfastly in what? And fellowship and breaking of bread and in. I'm going to expand further on this when next we're having, when, I, when next I'm teaching. But listen. What Paul is saying here is that 
the people continued in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. What they call fellowship? Fellowship means in their gathering. It says, and breaking of bread and in prayers. There's no fellowship without gathering. There's no fellowship without association. The thing about love, which I'm going to expand more on the last days, whenever there's love, you would always want to be together. As well as it sounds. You miss each other. And this is one of the major reasons why you should be excited to also come to church. Do you hear what I'm saying? Just the consciousness that you're going to be fellowshipping with like minds as yourself should bring about joy in your heart. So yesterday I had a very busy day. I left at my house as early as 7 because I traveled and I didn't come back until about um, 8, 9. And I was so tired. And while we were coming back, so I was in a vehicle with the person. I was telling the person, I'm so excited that tomorrow is Sunday. And I was super tired. I was excited. My joy is not about the fact that I was going to teach you guys. That's, that wasn't really my joy. My joy was that I was going to fellowship with people of like minds as myself. When I say like minds, it means Christ-like people. Christ-like people are who they call what? Christians. So are you a Christian? They are Christ-like. All right, glory to God. Can we just rise up on our feet as we take the... Okay, the Lord asked me to do this. Let me just... We're going to pray this prayer and it will be done. Thank you for listening. We know you have been equipped, changed, and transformed by the word. If you have any questions or inquiries, please reach out to us on Instagram at the Zoe Household Lagos or via mail zoehousehold at gmail.com. God bless you.